So this past Good Friday, this past Friday, we had our live Stations of the Cross, which our Hispanic community practices for much of the year. And uh, it was awesome. We had, they estimate, somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 people here. Uh, so they were double parked going five streets down, down to the Chinese food restaurant down the street in summer. So I was out kind of walking around the parking lot and this uh, police officer pulled in and he said, man, what is, what is going on here? And I said, I don't know, I'm not with these people. I don't, I have no idea. I was like, you may want to talk to the pastor here is crazy. I don't, I don't know. And, um, but I was talking to, to some, of the, some of the people involved with it and they said, you know, Father, it takes courage. It takes courage to be a Christian today, not just to have something like this, but it's, you know, it just takes courage in this kind of poco loco world that we live in, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I think they're onto something there. You ever have those days that you just have had a horrible day of stress, and, or maybe you're just exhausted, and you get home and you're like, look, <laughs> I just need some mindless entertainment. Okay, I just want to veg out and watch the Food Network or, you know, watch Fast and Furious number 37 <laughs> or whatever. I mean, I just need mindless entertainment. So the other day I got home, it's a long day, and I watched um, this Matt Damon movie called We Bought a Zoo. And I love this movie. It's a very cute film, very cute film. And so in the movie, Matt Damon is a single dad and he's got a teenage son. And his teenage son is going through the normal, like, teenage angst, right, of insecurity. And he's thinking, he wants to ask this girl out. And he goes to his dad. He's like, I don't know. Should I ask her out? I don't want to be rejected. I don't know if I could handle that. And so Matt Damon looks at him and he says, son, every now and then in life, you need a few seconds of radical courage. Just crazy courage, just for a few seconds. And he said, it'll redirect the direction of your whole life. And I love that, you know. Every now and then in our lives, right, we just need a few seconds of just crazy radical courage. And, and you know, that's the Christian message for the last 2,000 plus years. Because when, when the culture and the world tends to go this way, Christians have always historically turned and walked directly into the oncoming stream. They call that being counter-cultural. And for years, people have called us crazy, and from our standpoint, we're like, yeah, we are. I guess so. I'll take that. Because to many of them, we are crazy. Okay. I've been called worse. So we have to have courage with the culture, but we also have courage in our own heart and whatever we have that's laying in front of us on any daily basis where we think, gosh, I just, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get through this. Just a few seconds of radical courage. You know, there's a priest friend of mine. uh, He's vegetarian. And he's from Omaha, and he was, a few years ago, he was here in town, and he never eats meat. 
So he came in town and he said, uh, Father Ben, where are we going to eat? I said, what, you choose, man. He said, what about the rendezvous? <laughs> I was like, well, dude, I, I don't know, man. I, like, I don't think there's that many vegetarian options. And he said, well, I heard about the rendezvous. I want to go to the rendezvous. I was like, okay, whatever. So we go to the rendezvous. We're sitting around the table. And, uh, you know, they're taking our order. And I said, you know, I'll take three slabs of ribs, the sausage, uh, pork sandwich, you know, going through the whole thing. And they go around to him. They get to Father. And the whole time I'm like, oh, gosh, this doesn't end well. <laughs> so I'm looking over at him, you know. He's looking at the menu. The waiter's tapping his foot. And he's like, you know, I'll take three slabs of ribs. And, and I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. Jesus said, be not afraid. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we got three slabs of ribs, plowed through them all. Plowed through them all. Ate them all. And, and I said, look, I kind of feel like I've been a bad influence on you. And he said, Father Ben, you brought me to the dark side of the force. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess there's worse things. By the way, so now he eats meat. His cholesterol level has spiked, I'm just saying. But I was talking to him uh, not long ago, and he said, he said, you know, at, from that day on, I've been trying to have courage in small little ways, yeah? And that's all it takes. We're not talking big things. But just a few seconds of radical courage with something small. Gentlemen, when was the last time you showed up at your wife's work with flowers? I'm not talking send them. I'm talking you physically showed up at your wife's work with flowers. You're like, what year is it, Father? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, just something radical, off the wall. Because, you know, it's easy for us to fall into habit and routine, yeah? So I mentioned this to you for this reason. Did you hear in this gospel? The first person that Jesus appeared to was a prostitute. It's not the first pope. It wasn't the apostles. It's a former prostitute who, by the way, Scripture said, had seven demons cast out of her. The first person he appears to. He didn't care. Because, you know, gentlemen, if I can talk to you brothers for a second, all the apostles, they said, they told Jesus, look, we are going to die with you. We're going to die. Peter's like, I'll be the first. Okay? And at the foot of the cross, gone. Except St. John. It was all women. They were the ones with the courage, brothers. At the tomb, after the resurrection, after Jesus said many times, I'm going to rise, I'm going to rise, I'm going to rise, I'm going to rise. It wasn't the apostles. It was the women. Says Pope John Paul II. Which is a lesson for us, gentlemen. Courage. And Mary Magdalene, she's like, well, I... I don't know. I mean, I don't, I guess people, you know, he said he could rise from the dead, but I didn't think people could do that. And, but he said it, so it must be true. So you know what? I'm going to get out of the boat. I'm going to walk. And she goes. And there's Jesus. A few seconds of radical courage. And this is why the Catholic Church refers to St. Mary Magdalene as, quote, the apostle to the apostles. We just need a few seconds of radical courage to change the course of our life. You know, let me give you an example 
that we all know. Do you know in the West Bank in Israel, they have what they call the Elah Valley. The Elah Valley. It's, imagine, imagine this isle is an, a valley, and there's a big mountain here, and there's a big mountain here. And 3,000 years ago, there's the Philistines and the armies of Israel. And Goliath comes out. It was estimated, historians estimate, that Goliath was about just under seven feet tall. But he had a helmet that was two feet. So if you looked at him, he literally looked like he was nine feet tall. Okay? And he had a guy that actually used to carry his shield, his shield bearer. So they had a rule that, all right, you choose your best soldier, we'll choose ours, and instead of all these people dying, we'll come and fight. Best one wins, we'll be the vassals. Okay. So here's Goliath and all these these Israelites are looking down, yeah, no, thank you. Mm -mm. They're thinking there's not enough tequila in the world to make me do this, man. I'm not, no way. Okay. So here comes David. Now I got to tell you, I'm a 135 pound man. All right. After my Nutella, 145, but it, it was called 135. All right. So he was about my size going up against a guy who looked like he was nine feet tall. So he goes to Saul, the king, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And Saul was like, just get out of here. No, seriously, I'll do it. So he goes out there, and, and Goliath sees him coming, and he starts laughing. He's insulted. And he's like, who, who am I that you would send this kid to me? He's like, come to me, come to me, and I will feed your flesh to the birds today what he says. <laughs> David looks right at him and he says this. He's like, this day the Lord will deliver you into my grasp on account of the armies of Israel. Do you know that it was said of King David that he was so accurate with a sling he could hit a bird in mid-flight? That's how accurate he was. So you know the story, right? He had no intention of fighting Goliath one-on-one, -on -one, otherwise he would have lost. He was a smart, smart kid. So he lodges a stone right here. Goliath goes down. He cuts off his head. He holds up his head, and they rally. It is what author Malcolm Gladwell referred to simply as the advantages of disadvantages and the disadvantages of advantages. In other words, Things that look perfect on the outside, a nine-foot-tall soldier. Why would I go against him? He's perfect. And I'm just a weakling. And we see this sometimes in our families, right? They're, they're perfect. They look perfect. But when the perfect family, the one that's growing in perfection, is the one that has the courage to look at their imperfection. Like David, yeah, I'm weak, but it's not me that's fighting. Just a few seconds of radical courage that we look, on, we look at what we have to work on, not with my spouse, not with my kids, not with my in-laws, nobody else. What do I need to work on? <sighs> courage. Mary Magdalene, man, that woman was tough. So I'll close with this. 
I want to tell you a story very quickly about a guy I think is really cool. His name is Gary Cohn. So in 1980, Gary Cohn, um, he had been in and out of school. He had extreme dyslexia. Did horrible in school. His, he tells the story, his mother's prayer for him. She said, Lord, I don't care if he graduates, just keep him out of prison. Which, by the way, was my mom's prayer for me, too, I'm just saying. So she, he was always in trouble, always in trouble. And he finally graduated. And as time went on, um, he, he had no job. He was floating from job to job. And he was 20 years old. So he goes to a secondhand store and buys this beat-up old suit. He parks himself in New York in front of the New York Stock Exchange one day, 1980. And he's just waiting. And this stockbroker runs out, and he's shouting it to his friend. He's like, hey, man, I'll catch up with you. I've got to catch a flight at LaGuardia Airport. So Gary heard this, and he, he goes up to him. Hey, man, you going to LaGuardia Airport? Yeah, I'm going. You want to ride, share a cab? Yeah. So he gets in the back of the cab with this guy. They start talking. He had, of course, he had no flight at LaGuardia. And the guy turns to him and says, hey, do you know anything about commodities, trading commodities? Gary Cohn's like, yeah, you kidding me? I read the book. I know everything there is to know about commodities. Everything. You're talking to the right guy. And he was, of course, making it all up. So he's like, perfect. Show up Monday, and I'll give you a job. So he showed up Monday. He spent the next five years standing behind the guy, and he said, buy this, sell this, sell this, buy this. He said, you know, the guy probably figured out I was full of it, but he didn't care because I made him millions. Today, Gary Cohn is on the faculty at Harvard University after having spent 25 years as COO of Goldman Sachs. And they talked to him, and he said, you know, I would never recommend lying to get in the job, but I learned one very important lesson from that experience, and that is this. Sometimes you just need a few seconds of radical courage. I mean, who would be <laughs> crazy enough to lie their way through it? There's a fine line maybe between genius and insanity. Brothers and sisters, here's my point with all of this. Whatever you have going on right now, I guarantee you, courage is the recipe. 